time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Finally Friday. What a week for the world. What a week for the United States. W-E-A-K, actually, with regard to Joe Biden, who is in hiding, uh, who is in hiding and on vacation during what is the biggest uh, uh, national security crisis the country has seen in at least 20 years. 20 years. 20 years of work. 20 years of decorating graves. 20 years of seeing combat boots with rifles in the shape of a crucifix behind them. 20 years of people going through therapy at Walter Reed and recovering and sometimes never recovering. Lost limbs, lost legs, lost lives. 20 years. 20 years of this. We've lived this every day. It has haunted our dreams. It has been a reality for our entire lives. Although in the last seven years we've been in a non-combat role in Afghanistan, all of it is gone. And for those of you who are don't remember 9-11, you don't remember what happened right after 9-11, you don't remember people being burned alive in cages, or you don't remember uh, people's heads being sawed off with knives live on social media. If you don't remember that, you're about to see it again. You are about to see it again, and, and if anyone thinks that the Taliban has changed it all, and Joe Biden says they have an existential debate going on whether they want to be a part of the world community, that's bullcrap. <laughs> they don't. They don't want to be a part of the world community because they want to dominate the world. Those of you, again, who are, you know, maybe my son's age, 21, 27, 28, and under 30, you don't know that's what they wanted originally. You also don't know today that the Taliban is in control of more territory today in Afghanistan than they were on September the 10th, 2001. Today's show, I'm going to share some of this government's ineptitude The theme of the show is they knew. The military, the intelligence community, most probably even the president of the United States knew in July that if they pulled that troops out of Afghanistan, that it would fall very quickly. So they made a decision that if it falls completely, we will not be prepared for it. We will not be able to get Americans out of harm's way. We will not be able to get to to the airport. We will get our military out first, and we will leave 15,000 Americans and 40 to 60,000 Afghanis who helped us, who risked life and limb to be a part of our mission to stop the Taliban and stop terrorism in Afghanistan. They believed that women could have a role in society. One of them even became a mayor. She survived three assassination attempts. She's 27 years old, and now she's waiting for the Taliban to knock on her door and kill her. This should end Joe Biden's presidency. This is the biggest bleep up of our lifetimes. Joe Biden... I saw a story this morning that he wants to go to Delaware because he can sleep better. That's what I've heard from more than one source. He wants to go there because he wants to sleep. I think, honestly, and we're going to talk to Rob Finnerty from Newsmax, I think his days as our leader are numbered, not only because of this gigantic, phenomenal, colossal, 
collapse of Afghanistan, but because of mental issues. I'm not a uh, medical professional, obviously, obviously, but uh, there's something amiss here. There's something going on when a president sees that the, they know that the, the capital of Kabul is falling starting Friday. He stays there. He sits at a table at Camp David by himself. He comes back Monday at 345, delivers an address, uh, says uh, very little about it. And then on Wednesday has another address about kids wearing masks in schools. All the while, Kamala Harris supposedly was supposed to be leaving the country and going to Singapore and Vietnam. She's supposed to be with him today. I wonder what will happen at this presser today. Here's the president saying that they had no idea that uh, that they would fall so quickly. This is with George Stephanopoulos, by the way. Was the intelligence wrong or did you downplay it? I think uh, there was no consensus. If you go back and look at the intelligence reports, they said that it was more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. You didn't put a timeline out when you said it was highly unlikely. You just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. Yeah. Well, the question was whether or not it, what, the idea... Now, this happened earlier this week. The Biden administration was warned last month by U.S. diplomats in Kabul of an impending Taliban catastrophe if troops withdrew, as was urged to evacuate all Americans starting August 1st. 23 diplomats wrote in a memo to Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who should resign today, with warnings on July 13th. This is uh, after Joe Biden on the 8th said that it wouldn't happen, that there would be no Saigon-like evacuation. The cable warned of the Taliban's advancing threat and collapse of Afghan forces also suggested the State Department should take a tougher stance on the Taliban. The memo also suggested ways to speed up evacuations from Afghanistan. It is the latest in a a list of reported warnings the Biden administration potentially ignored as America's forces left. The report is damning evidence that the Biden administration was warned by its own officials of the impending disaster. This is according to the UK Daily Mail and others. More from our dear leader. That the Taliban would take over was premised on the notion that the uh, somehow the 300,000 troops we had trained and equipped was going to just collapse. They were going to give up. I don't think anybody anticipated that. We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. Four what did ago. you think when you first saw those pictures? Four days ago. What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out. Here he is on uh, July the 8th. Here's the president of the United States just a couple of days before the people who are there said that uh, we need to start evacuating people August 1st. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen? Or the 13th. Not. That is not true. The 13th is when the, the embassy officials uh, delivered the cable. This is on the 8th. True. Even the media knew it. They, did not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. 
So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. And do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. He's not a truthful man. Here's something that's going to break your heart. Christians in Afghanistan say they are fleeing to the mountains as Taliban militants are reportedly going door to door in search of believers in order to kill them. In an official statement issued this week, leaders in the underground Afghanistan church told missionary group Frontier Alliance International that Christians are being targeted for execution. The Taliban has a hit list of known Christians they are going to pursue and kill. The U.S. Embassy is defunct and there are no longer a safe place for believers to take refuge, although the Russian and Chinese embassies are open, by the way. People are fleeing to the mountains looking for asylum. They are fully reliant on God, who is the only one who can and will protect them. The Taliban are going door to door, listen to this, taking women and children. The people must mark their house with an X if they have a girl over 12 years old so that the Taliban can take them. If they find a young girl in the house was not marked, they will execute the entire family. If a married woman over 25 years has been found, the Taliban probably will kill her husband, do whatever they want to her, then sell her as a sex slave. Husbands and fathers have given their wives and daughters guns and told them that when the Taliban come, they can choose to kill them or kill themselves. My God in heaven. This is Kaylee McEnany talking about uh, what's going on. Jen Psaki did not have a presser yesterday. Kamala Harris disappeared and Joe Biden was on vacation. And we have a president who's misleading us, saying that the intel didn't warn him this could happen when, in fact, reporting at many publications. We're getting our own intel. We're getting our own intel here at Fox News. And then I just want to step back at this remarkable moment from the Pentagon briefing today. Look, Jen Psaki promised us a daily White House press briefing. There isn't one today. There wasn't one Monday. When the going gets tough, the daily press briefing that she promised goes out the window. We don't plan on hearing from Biden again today other than that ABC interview. So we're left with the Pentagon briefing. He said, I do not know how many Americans are on the ground. When you are a press secretary at any entity, you anticipate whatever the questions will be. One of the most obvious questions is how many Americans are on the ground. He didn't take the time to pick up the phone and call Secretary of State Antony Blinken and get that number for us when you are the one place we are getting information from today when there are nearly 15,000 American hostages on the ground. And yes, call them hostages. They may not be in jails, but they are indeed unable to escape after. Afghanistan and the Pentagon spokesperson could not pick up the phone and Jen Psaki won't go to the podium to give us these very basic answers we deserve. By the way, the article that I just uh, mentioned with the Christians being persecuted is from the Daily Wire. It's from the Daily Wire. Reuters is now saying the Taliban have stepped up their search for people who worked for NATO forces or the previous Afghan government. The warning the group were targeting collaborators came in a confidential document by the uh, uh, Ripto Norwegian Center for Global Analysis, which provides intelligence to the U.N. There are a high number of individuals that are currently being targeted by the Taliban, and the threat is crystal clear. This according to Christian Nelman, who heads up the group behind the report. 
It is in writing that unless they give themselves in, the Taliban will arrest and prosecute, interrogate, and punish family members on behalf of those individuals. He warned that anyone on Taliban's blacklist was in severe danger. Listen to this. Three female TV anchors have been barred from their offices, told to go home and never return. These are women who had the promise of a future in Afghanistan. They were able to express themselves. Mermencia Murray was told to go home, remain there and never return after militant Islamists burst into Afghanistan's national TV networks, RTA studios in Kabul. She was also berated for wearing makeup and refusing to wear a hijab. Fellow RTA anchors Shabnam Duran and Karaji Amin were also barred from entering the offices earlier as fear grows for women in the country after the Taliban vowed to impose strict Sharia law. Ms. Amaral is, is 24 years old. She was also in the final year of her law degree. She said everything has changed. And for the worst, democracy is over and the future is very dark, particularly for women in my country. The journalist presented a two-hour live show on six mornings a week and is a familiar face to the Afghans, the nation. When I looked at my TV today, I was, it was like watching a mosque with bearded men talking about religion and Sharia law, nothing else. It is if women do not exist in our world. That's according to one of the anchors. I'm scared for my future and also worried about speaking out about this, but I believe it is something I have to do. Meanwhile, Megan Rapinoe thinks it's a big deal to kneel for the anthem. Wake up. ABC News is accused of editing out Biden's car crash interview with, uh, with George Stephanopoulos to avoid him seeming incoherent and confused. Biden said his late son, Beau, had fought in Afghanistan, then corrected himself. He also said Bo was in the Navy before correcting that to the Army. What's going to happen in this meeting today? Is he going to deny, 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 or is he going to step down? I don't know. Anything is possible, right? Who knows? Oh, this is uh, CNN reporter uh, Clarissa Ward, and we've been seeing her. Uh, she originally said that the, uh, the Taliban were uh, chanting death to America. They're chanting death to America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they seem pretty friendly. Here she is saying that there's no way Americans can get to the airport. You know, I, I, I've covered all sorts of crazy situations. This was mayhem. This was nuts. This was impossible for an ordinary civilian, even if they have their paperwork. No way they're running that gauntlet. No way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's By the way, the French have sent in special forces to get their citizens out, and the Germans have as well. Meanwhile, we have a big, fat toad who is the defense secretary and a big fat toad who is the head of the joint chiefs uh and they are both saying that it's impossible it's impossible here's clarissa ward today and i hope that she can get out because i don't believe she's going to be around much longer and i think it's absolutely avoidable if you heard the desperation begin to sink in listen to this fighters are a little upset with us. We decide to leave and head for our car. The fighter takes the safety off his AK-47 and pushes through the crowd. Stay behind him. Stay behind him. You can see that some of these Taliban fighters, they're just 
popped up on adrenaline, or I don't know what. It's a very dicey situation. Suddenly, two other Taliban charge towards us. You can see their rifle butt raised to strike producer Brent Swales. When the fighters are told we have permission to report, they lower their weapons and let us pass. Now we're going. She's got to get out, guys. She's got to get out. Unbelievable. Let's get uh, Rob Finnerty on the phone. Rob Finnerty hosts uh, Wake Up America on Newsmax. He's great. I've, I've known him for a few years. He worked in Kansas City for a while before he stepped up and got a job at Newsmax Likes Me. Let's see what uh, he has to say about all of this. Hi, this is Rob. Rob Finnerty, Rob Carson. How are you, sir? Carson, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm just uh, making it by this week. Uh, it was a little harder for me to be funny on the uh, podcast and on the TV show this week, but we're able to do it. Uh, when you look at what has happened <laughs> since last Friday in Afghanistan, it's just, it's breathtaking. As somebody who's, you know, live anchoring this stuff, how has your week been? You know, I've been at this a long time, and I've never, put it this way, we're going to be objective on Wake Up America. We're objective at Newsmax. The problem that I, that's happening right now, that I, I have to admit, I, I didn't see it playing out this quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's very telling that what we all sort of thought could happen is actually happening. Now, take that yeah. picture, for example, yeah. of Joe Biden alone in the Situation Room. Mm-hmm. Go back to May second, two thousand eleven. Robert O'Neill shoots Osama bin Laden in the head. Bin Laden uses his wife, uh, one of his wives, as a human shield, yeah. uh, and throws her toward. O'Neill and O'Neill's able to get a shot off and shoots him right right in his forehead. Uh, Bin Laden said, "You look at that famous picture of Obama in the Situation Room. He's surrounded by everyone." Yeah. Rewind the clock up two years ago. Donald Trump's in the Situation Room. Who's right next to him? The Vice President, yeah. the Defense Secretary. This picture of Biden is troubling to me. Um, I think what could be happening here is they are going to pin this disaster on Joe Biden and then invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. The problem with yeah. that is. Yeah. That means that Kamala Harris becomes president, and that's not any better. I think this is, you're absolutely right, Rob, and I think you're one of the few people who it's kind of went ding. Uh, there's something going on. He is staying at Camp David. Uh, he has uh, come in a couple times today. He didn't even address Afghanistan. He came and talked about masks on kids, and Kamala Harris is nowhere to be seen. She's going to Vietnam, and then she's going on to Singapore. I don't doubt this, uh, Rob, and, and I've thought from the get go, he's never going to make it to 2024. Uh, I don't think physically, mentally, he's going to make it to 2024. And I've always questioned Carson, whether... Carson, I'm, I'm, I'm being totally honest. This yeah. is a man that he would not be legally allowed to be somebody that could deliver your mail yeah. at age 78. Yeah. Uh, this is somebody that if he were your grandfather and he were not the president of the United States and the leader of the free world, you'd probably take away his keys yeah. because you wouldn't want him driving. I don't say that to be mean. I, no. went, I had two grandfathers that had Alzheimer's disease. And we took away my grandfather Pop's keys when he was 80 years old because he got lost coming home from church. True story. Yeah. Uh, this is something I think you would do with Joe Biden. And today, he is going back to Camp David. Yeah, and also, I want to mention the, the only time he addressed Afghanistan was on Monday, and he did it at 3.45 in the afternoon. The biggest foreign policy story in decades, uh, the most humiliating withdrawal and defeat by the United States in recent memory, other than Vietnam, and he comes in and does a presser at 3.45 in the afternoon, 
And even then, he didn't take questions. And I was talking to Emerald Robinson, and she said she believes that the reason he didn't take questions is he's just not able to at this point. Yeah, I think the the wheel's turning, but the hamster's dead. His handlers will not allow him to take questions uh, because when he goes off script, he gets himself and the administration into trouble. But this situation and this, this sycophantic interview he had with uh, – Bill Clinton, former staffer, George yeah. Stephanopoulos on ABC. Yes, yes. Don't forget, that's his buddy. Yeah. Uh, and Stephanopoulos, I mean, he asked, everyone says, oh, he asked great questions. He didn't ask great questions. He asked obvious questions. Yes. This is probably the biggest international crisis we've had since 9-11. We're 23 days away from the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. The timing couldn't be worse. He tried to blame some of this. And Jen Psaki did the same thing on Donald Trump. Here's the thing. You are the commander-in-chief. You said Monday at 345 that the buck stops with you. So you can find Donald Trump may have had withdrawal plans in place, just like JFK didn't have to go forward with the Bay of Pigs, and that was a disaster for him April 61. You didn't have to go forward with this, this absolute debacle of a withdrawal plan. You know, we're getting close to the 20th, which will be the seven-month anniversary of, uh, of Inauguration Day. I'm telling you, um, look at the situation at the border. 212,000 crossings in July. That's a month that's typically the lowest or second lowest of the calendar year just because of the heat. You know, it's triple digits along 90% of the border right now. Yeah. Um, we, we've got people forget about Cuba, right? Any yeah. other week, Haiti would be the biggest global story right now. Yeah. Um, they had a president that was assassinated. They had a, an earthquake, 2,000 mm-hmm. plus are dead that we know about. Yeah. Um, and they're dealing with uh, tropical storms right now. So they have to stop the recovery effort. We barely touched that on Wake Up America because there's just too much going on with Afghanistan. Well, I just think that many of us have doubts about the 2020 election. We were very frustrated that uh, the mainstream media, big social media, the Democrat Party would not allow dissent, uh, would not allow dissent on masks, do not allow dissent on the vaccinations or or even the WHO's uh, you know line on COVID. But this was it. This is too much. And not only with us, but also our NATO allies. They're like, hey, you know, you you stabbed us in the back, too. Yeah. And we keep hearing that this is going to be this is the new Taliban. Um, This is a Taliban that's going to be humane and that's going to be more inclusive uh, when it comes to how they treat women. The Taliban literally are they will stone a woman to death who's raped and say it's because of infidelity. They will cut off a woman's fingers if she's wearing nail polish. They just... Uh, shot a woman dead who refused to wear a burqa uh, a couple days ago in, in the streets of Kabul. And Kabul, by the way, you know, that's the capital city of Afghanistan, a city of 5 million people. I'm not going to say it's a cosmopolitan city. It by no means is. But we're talking about a, a major, major hub in this airport, Kabul airport. What's going on there would be like it happening at LaGuardia. Um, that's how big an airport this is. Uh, and the fact that they evacuated the military and gave up Bagram Airfield uh, before getting American civilians These 10,000 people that Lloyd Austin was talking about this week, these are civilians. These are Americans that were trying to make Afghanistan a better place, and they have no way out. And the worst part about it is the U.S. military has no way to get them out. There's no plan in place, no contingency. How scary is that? But the thing is, Rob, and and of all of the things we're looking at here, we're looking at the worst possible scenario that any person who served in Afghanistan or had a loved one serve and come back injured or uh, has PTSD or didn't come back at all. We're looking at the worst possible scenario, the, the nightmare scenario for their sacrifice coming to realization in front of their eyes. And that's where I think this is going to be the end of it for this administration, at least this president, and certainly many of the higher-ups of the State Department and the military. I don't know how somebody hasn't been fired or resigned. I don't know how General Milley hasn't 
you know, passed in his papers yet to the Oval Office to, to you know, tender his resignation. It's just, it's a very, very scary time. And I think that the American people, uh, who largely have been unaware of what's been going on, partially because it's been the first summer we've had in a couple of years, where people can get out and enjoy. But now they're, you know, they're coming home, kids are going back to school, and uh, people are watching TV again, and, and they're watching the news, and they're like, wait a second, you know, we elected this guy for calm. We elected this guy as the antidote to some of the madness that, that people claim we had when Donald Trump was president. I'll tell you what, and this is, you can say that this might be the, the, the Newsmax take. It's not. This is the American take. If Donald Trump were president right now, this would not be happening in Afghanistan. 100%. Right now. 100%. Like no way. There's no question about it. There's no, there's no debate or question about it. Interesting time to be a journalist, and I think some gigantic shifts in the country are coming literally within the week or two. So, listen, thanks for the time. I do appreciate it, my friend. Up the good work, bud. We'll talk soon. Okay, that's Rob Fitterty from uh, Wake Up America on Newsmax. Uh, coming up in just one second, I'm going to play something that will... You will not believe that someone in a senior position in the government could say something so profoundly naive, and we've heard some amazingly naive things. We've got the U.S. Secretary General for the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. I'm going to share what she said. You're not going to believe it. Their solution to what's going on in Afghanistan. So, American Hartford Gold, have you considered investing in something that is, it's there, you know, gold and silver are there. It's not a piece of paper. It's a it's a metal. It's a, it's an element. <laughs> they've they've been around for as long as the earth has been around, and they are valuable because they are rare earth minerals. American Hartford Gold suggests that you maybe add some to your IRA or actually get some physical gold and silver. It's not a bad idea. It always has value. Currency frequently does not. It's good to have it, guys, because you never know where the country is going. They have the highest AAA BBB rating that is available. Thousands of satisfied clients. And if you order now, you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 in free silver on your first order. Okay? So here is the number. It's 866-204-8226. 866-204-8226. Or you can text Rob, my first name, to 65532. Rob to 65532. Again, that is 866-204-8226 or text ROB to 65532 for American Hartford Gold. Here is the UN Secretary General, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. And we have expressed in no uncertain terms here at the United Nations. I should say she is the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. So a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council. Okay, I want you to listen to that again. This is the response. That they're giving to people going door to door, looking for women to rape, families to kill, Christians to kill. Listen again. And we have expressed in no uncertain terms here at the United Nations through a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council. (laughs) You've heard the line. We are going to give a severely worded letter. Remember that? It's always been a punchline. It's not a punchline anymore. This is for real. Very strongly worded press statement from the Security (laughs) Council that we expect the Taliban to respect human rights, including the rights. This is coming from the United Nations, which is even more limp, uh, you know, than uh, our presidency right now. Of women and girls. We have also indicated that they have to be respectful of humanitarian law. Okay, let's listen to it again. Here it is. This is the second part. Taliban to respect human rights, including the rights of women and girls. 
individuals. Wow. We have also indicated that they have to be respectful of humanitarian law. So there you go. Strongly worded press release from the United Nations Security Council. That'll get her done. That will get her done. On the National Report, Representative Scott Franklin said that the, uh, the Biden administration knew the collapse was possible. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. He doesn't know how that would happen. Chaos was always going, it was inevitable, essentially. Congressman, your thoughts? Well, if he thinks that's not a possibility, then it just shows that he's not up to the job of being commander in chief. It was absolutely a possibility. We should have planned for it. And clearly a month ago, he felt that that was not, he thought it wasn't a possibility when it looks like all the intelligence was showing that it was. Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino on Newsmax talking to Dinesh D'Souza about the many bleep ups of Joe Biden. Well, I think that Biden is, I mean, (laughs) for him to have created so much catastrophe on so many fronts in eight months, I mean, that has to be some kind of an achievement. Uh, With Carter, it was spread out over four years. If you remember the Soviet (laughs) invasion of Afghanistan, 1979, Carter was like, what? I had no idea. I never saw this coming. He he never saw most things coming. In that sense, Trump is quite right. I think- I'll bet you Joe Biden would see the ice cream truck coming. Also with Carter, he never recognized the principle of the lesser evil. In other words, he tried to get rid of the bad guy, the Shah, and he got the worst guy, Khomeini. Uh, but these were a kind of blunders of ineptitude, you might say. I think with Biden, the problem is that he combines the stupidity of Carter with the malevolence of Obama. Uh, we're forgetting the Obama... Fa- oh, that is fantastic. Listen to that again. This is wonderful. You might say. I think with Biden, the problem is that he combines the stupidity of Carter <laughs> with the malevolence of Obama. Uh, uh, we're forgetting the Obama factor. And Obama, you know, Biden was kind of tutored under Obama. Remember that the Taliban commander who sort of masterminded the taking of Kabul was a guy that Biden, I'm sorry, that Obama released in the Bergdahl trade. So Obama's got his dirty fingerprints over this also. And Biden has sort of continued in that tradition. Which makes you kind of wonder. I mean, they traded five Taliban generals for a traitor. One of those Taliban generals masterminded the overtake of Kabul. Laura Logan yesterday said that uh, everything we're witnessing is by design. It makes you kind of wonder, doesn't it, kids? It makes you kind of wonder. Yeah. Vice President Kamala Harris saw an even worsening favorability in a new poll. Rasmussen poll released on Thursday showed that the majority of Americans, 55%, said that Harris was not qualified or not qualified at all to assume the duties of the president. Alternatively, only 43% of those polled said that Harris was either qualified or very qualified to be president. That's a 6% point drop from the same poll conducted in April, while 49% of residents said she was qualified. She's not qualified. Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking to uh, Chip Roy, a representative from... Uh, Texas, who's being, uh, you know, assaulted by the on the southern border. Uh, here he is talking about the possibility of impeachment of the president. And now they're focusing on importing people from Afghanistan uh, when we still have 10 to 15,000 Americans over there. Look, for the SIVs, for the people that I know stood alongside, I think one of you said it, who sat next to our men and women in uniform and bled alongside of them, uh, absolutely want to honor our commitment to make sure that they're taken care of. But at the end of the day, we don't need to be bringing in a large number of people unvetted into the United States without figuring out where to bring them, figure out how to vet them and do the right thing. But first, First and foremost, let's focus on the 10 to 15,000 Americans who were stuck right. while the White House and so cowardly running away and leaving them stranded. All, all by the way, all of our equipment, our helicopters, 
helicopters, our guns, our jets, uh, and a database, by the way. They're, they're all concerned about these refugees. They left a database sitting there that can identify these people. The rote incompetence is just unbelievable and it's beyond words. They need to come to Capitol Hill. They need to answer for what they've done. Heads need to roll. And frankly, the vice president, the president, uh, Millie, uh, Austin, all of them need to resign. It's a complete disgrace. This is what happens when you put faculty lounge theorists and leftists in charge. This is what happens when you put the give peace a chance crowd in charge. The world is not a peaceful place. It is an awful and terrible place by and large, populated by many leaders who would like to kill you, kill your family, take your daughter, burn down your house. And we're thinking we can sing kumbaya with these people. But they gave us their word. They said they would guarantee safe passage. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't going to uh, prosecute, persecute, and, and murder people who worked with us, but they're going door to door, finding them right now. This is, going to be, this is going to make the early days of the Taliban in Afghanistan look like kindergarten roundup. Here's some more with uh, Chip Roy about cleaning house at the Pentagon. And other, other top generals and admirals who are just as disgraceful will no longer be in charge of the Pentagon. Briefly, if you would, please, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. We need to clean house in the Pentagon. That's absolutely clear. Uh, look, I didn't wear the uniform, so I seek guidance from the people in my district, the people that I trust, and my colleagues who did. And so I've been talking to them over the last week, and it is an absolute disgrace. And what Millie said today, it's incomprehensible. My colleague Mark Green said it very well. He put out a video saying, you go right now. You go get those Americans. You get the resources you need right now. Get them and bring them home. And if you can't do that, you resign. And I think we ought to talk to him about resignation generally. But right now, you have one job. Go get those Americans. If you can't do that, you need to get out of the Pentagon and stop doing the job you're doing. Think about this. We find out today that more of Afghanistan is controlled by the Taliban than before September the 11th. We find out this week that one of the people that Barack Obama traded for Bo Bergdahl is in charge of the Kabul takeover. We hear from Laura Logan everything that's happening in the country, the southern border, Afghanistan, critical race theory is all by design. And two of the people who were in office when Bo Bergdahl was traded for, one of them has not been heard from at all, Barack Obama, and one has only made one statement about Afghanistan on Monday. Kind of funny, ain't it? And on top of it all, now the Taliban, who has more territory in control than before September the 11th, now they're much better armed. Here's Greg Kelly talking to uh, General Michael Flynn about all of the weapons we left behind for them to use against us. Let's just look at what just happened in Afghanistan and some, some numbers. So that from a 2017, this is just from a 2017 GAO report, 76,000 vehicles, 600,000 weapons. 162,000 pieces of communications devices, 208 aircraft, 16,000 pieces of ISR. That's from a 2017 GAO report. If we didn't have a decision to destroy, there you go. If we didn't have a decision to destroy all of that equipment before we left or to ensure that there was minimal amounts of it that uh, in case in case the Taliban came back, uh, I mean, we're stupid. Like my father who served in World War II, and uh, the Korean War. Listen to this. Who retired as a sergeant from the army, God rest his soul. He used to tell us, "You, it's better to be tough and smart than tough and stupid. 
And we're looking really stupid right now. Absolutely. I've only got a couple more minutes for content, and I want to get to this uh, this person. This is a veteran uh, from the British uh, Special Forces who served in Afghanistan and saw his comrades fight and die for this. The United States hung out to dry all of the NATO um, allies who had uh, embassies there and troops there and fought as bravely as we did. Here is uh, veteran MP Tom Tugendhat or Tugan Hat, in front of the House of Commons, I'm going to share uh, several pieces of this, him sharing his enormous disappointment in the United States. Like many veterans, this last week has been one that has seen me struggle through anger and grief and rage, the feeling abandonment of not just a country, but the sacrifice... He's talking about the United States. ...that my friends made. I've been to funerals from Poole to Dunblane. I've watched good men go into the earth, taking with them a part of me and a part of all of us. And this week has torn open some of those wounds, left them raw, left us all hurting. Here's a little bit more. And I know it's not just soldiers. I know aid workers and diplomats who feel the same. I know journalists who've been the witnesses to our country in its heroic effort to save people from the most horrific fates. Can you imagine being in a country that fought alongside the United States of America in good faith to only be informed of the withdrawal of the United States after it's already happened? And knowing that there would be a precipitous fall of the Afghan government. I know that we've all been struggling. And if this recall has done one thing, let me tell you now, Mr. Speaker, it's achieved one thing already. I've spoken to the Health Secretary, who's already made a commitment to do more for veterans' mental health. Here is uh, MP Tom Tugendhat shaming our president. I was never prouder than when I was decorated by the 82nd Airborne after the capture of Musakala. It was a huge privilege, a huge privilege to be recognised by such an extraordinary unit in combat. To see their Commander-in-Chief call into question the courage of men I fought with, to claim that they ran, it's shameful. Here is uh, some more of this terrific speaker. Those who have never fought for the colours they fly should be careful about criticising those who have. That is him talking about Joe Biden, because Joe Biden has not worn a military uniform. Because what we've done in these last few days is we've demonstrated that it's not armies that win wars. Armies can get tactical victories and operational victories that can hold a line. They can just about make room for peace, make room for people like us to talk, to compromise, to listen. It's nations that make war. Nations endure. Nations mobilize and muster. Nations determine and have patience. And here we've demonstrated, sadly, that we, the West, the United Kingdom, 
does not. And finally, here is uh, Tom Tugendhat talking about doing an end run around the United States, essentially hinting that we won't work with us. They won't work with us anymore. Now, this is a harsh lesson for all of us. And if we're not careful, it could be a very, very difficult lesson for our allies. But it doesn't need to be. We can set out a vision, clearly articulated, for reinvigorating our European NATO partners to make sure that we are not dependent on a single ally, US, on the decision of a single leader, Joe Biden, but that we can work together with Japan and Australia, with France and Germany, with partners large and small, and make sure that we hold the line together. Very well said, sir. One other thing, I don't want to let this go. The FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was a result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election results, according to four current and former law enforcement officials. This is according to Reuters. Free our political prisoners now. Though federal officials have arrested more than 570 alleged participants, the FBI at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated by far-right groups or prominent supporters of then-President Donald Trump, according to the sources who have been either directly involved, briefed regularly on the wide-ranging investigations. This was Joe Biden's Reichstag. People have been in solitary confinement for months. Nobody has been charged with insurrection because you know why? Because the insurrection storyline was a lie. A lie. Vindicated one more time. And finally, this is a Middle Eastern woman who was recorded. I saw this on, uh, I saw it on Twitter. I'll have to try and figure out, remember who posted it. But anyway, here, is, uh, here she is yelling at Joe Biden. Of course, he's not right there. But uh, they recorded her and her heartfelt feelings about what's happening to women, particularly in Afghanistan. Biden, listen to me carefully. You destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world. Taliban are best friends with Al-Qaeda and ISIS. All they're going to do, use our land to build our resources to build and to destroy the world you 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 right now you are on vacation and our country was burning and bleeding to death while you're on vacation and you call yourself a president wow i'm sorry to end on such a note but this is the worst nightmare of any patriotic American who was uh, alive on September the 11th, 2001. This is the worst possible nightmare of Gold Star families. This is the worst possible nightmare of veterans who served in Afghanistan, fought in Afghanistan, saw their comrades die, have come home physically injured without limbs, without sight, without hearing, addled by PTSD, committing suicide, This is the worst possible outcome. This is a nightmare scenario for all of those people. And so we have to take it seriously, and some people have to, have to pay for this horrible decision. I want to thank you for watching, or I should say listening today. Watch my show this weekend on Newsmax. Uh, Rob Carson's What in the World. It will make you laugh. 
Okay, so that runs uh, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, 2 o'clock on Sunday, and then Monday and Tuesday at different times. NewsmaxTV.com for listings. And also, uh, this podcast is available on 50 different platforms. If you want all of them, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Apple, of course, is one of them. You can download it on your phone. Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Um, God bless you guys, and, and, and just have a great weekend with your friends and family. Uh, I will be back here Monday. Uh, I will be doing at least one segment tomorrow. President Trump has a big rally. Newsmax is going to be covering it live, and I will be there to uh, have my two cents in on it. In the meantime, God bless you. God bless your families. God bless our military, both living and departed. God bless our police first responders. And remember Ashley Babbitt. Until Monday, don't catch the stupid, okay? Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.